What is up, my good people? It's been way too long again. I apologize. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall, coming to you live from Lower Alabama, where we've had tornadoes and huge storms hit uh, the past couple weeks, which has taken me away from the microphones. Remember, you're listening to My Surf Season 1, Episode 13. It actually has given me a lot of time to think about the direction of the show going forward, so I'll get right into it. Breaking news right now about this show. We're going to put an emphasis on pro and college football. 95% of the questions I get at myturfpodcast at gmail.com, got to get the plug in there, are about pro and college football. Maybe it's the area, maybe it's the people that I talk to, but 95% of the questions about pro and college football. So starting today, we are going to give two segments about pro and college football. Uh, and and um, I'm kind of stoked about it. I got to be honest with you. Um, I love you know, talking about all the sports that are going on currently, and we're still going to do that. We're still going to talk about the NBA playoffs, what's going on with that. We're still going to talk about boxing, tennis, soccer. It doesn't matter. We're still going to touch on those stories. People still love to- us talking about Mount March Madness and everything. So it's just that 95% of the questions and the feedback I get are about college and pro football. We even get some of the controversial questions, but the main thing is pro and college football. So starting today here on My Turf, Season 1, Episode 13, titled Rebranding and Retooling, get ready. It's be about pro and college football. So, you know, I hope you enjoy it. I'm sorry if that uh, that upsets anybody out there, but we kind of got to go to what the heartbeat of this show is going to be about. So after 12 episodes, um, honestly, man, I, I feel that this podcast will be moving in the right direction. And uh, to give listeners the best and honest opinion, plus uh, more facts. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Remember, you can always email me, of course, at myturfpodcast at gmail.com for any hate mail, um, constructive criticism, stuff like that. And remember to listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, so there's my intro. Now let's go ahead and get into some tough questions that I've had while being away from the microphone. First one, um, it's going to be from um, from Harvey out in California. Guy always gives me tough questions. Okay, bottom line is Harvey's asking about Leah Thomas. So we're going to go ahead and unpack that in our first segment um, after the intro. That's how things are going to move in this show. We're going to unpack the tough questions first. So Harvey was asking about Leah Thomas. Understand the concern for a lot of people out there. We try to be humanitarian. We do try to be humanitarian out there and think about people's feelings. But the bottom line being for Leah Thomas, who of course is the first transgender woman on transgender transition from a man to a woman won an NCAA title in, in college swimming uh, at the University of Penn, which is an Ivy League school. She was allowed to compete in the Ivy League conference and won a conference championship and then won a national championship by, I think, about five lengths, actually, uh, in two to three seconds in that time. So, look, let me say this. I understand Leah Thomas is on hormone blockers, but at the same time, you were blessed with man size hands, and feet in lung capacity. You are blessed with those. Um, you're also not fully transitioned. You have a bulge. Now, I'm not a biologist. won't claim to be a biologist. I'm just going to think about it from a sports point of view, that if my daughter trained as a female for 22 years and then just got beat by a biological male who transitioned just a year and a half before that, I'm going to think that's not fair. And I'm sorry if that's not the popular opinion. Look, doesn't matter what political affiliation you are if you go against woke ideology they're going to attack you just like they did joe rogan about the vaccine 
But by the way, Joe Rogan thinks that Michelle Obama should be the president in 2024. So it doesn't matter what political affiliation you have. If you go against that woke ideology, they're going to attack you. Well, I'm sorry. When I look at my hands and feet and the lung capacity and I look and I look at Leah Thomas swim, I feel like she has an unfair advantage. I'm sorry if that's not the popular opinion. But bottom line, that's my take on it. That you can disagree with it. You can email me, of course. You can come after me. Does not bother me. That is my honest take. Somebody answered, asked the question, you can have your own opinion. And if you don't agree with it and you want to go after me and start your own podcast, fine with it. Go with it. We can actually even have a head-to-head segment if you would like to on this subject. Does not bother me. All right. Next question I got is from Harvey. Thoughts on Will Smith slap of Chris, Chris Rock? Um, Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. But I think I was more shocked um, listening to a lot of Will Smith's music. Man, that dude in 30 seconds cussed more than he ever did on any of his <laughs> on any of his albums. So that's my thought process. On I was shocked by it, and uh, I was really shocked that he was cussing on live TV because he never did uh, did that on j- getting jiggy with it. All right, next question, uh, Lance out in Kentucky. Lance, he's asking about thoughts on Colin Kaepernick getting back into the NFL. All right, Colin Kaepernick. Um, let me say this: if I said an organization that I worked for was like working for a plantation or slave owner. I don't think I would want to go back there and work. I think that would make me a hypocrite, right? That would mean that like that it would be working in hell. But he doesn't want to play for the USFL or the Canadian Football League. He only wants to play in the NFL. And he says he's willing to be a backup. I'm sorry. You look like a hypocrite. You already look like a hypocrite anyway, by the way. If people want to really understand like Colin Kaepernick, um, by the way, what he does, he, he is a great activist. I got to give him that. I think he does a lot for the black community. He does. He raises a lot of money. He does a lot for them. At the same time, the timing of which he started kneeling was when he was also benched for Blaine Gabbert out of Missouri, the former second round, the former second overall pick. Um, so, again, he didn't, he, he didn't kneel and, and, and until he got benched for playing. And by the way, he's never been a pro bowler. So if you think he should be in the NFL and stuff like that, he's never been a pro bowler. Um, he's got a great arm, great athlete, no doubt about it. But he has no touch passing at all. He throws line drives out there. He could probably be a pretty good uh, MLB pitcher, by the way. But again, that is the honest take on Colin Kaepernick. So again, we've unpacked it. That's my real opinion on that. I'm sorry if you don't agree with it. No, I'm not really. I'm, I'm not really sorry if you don't agree with it. If you disagree with it, that's fine. That's fine. Completely fine. All right. Let's take a pause for the cause. Take a break. Go ahead and digest all this. And we're going to go ahead and start talking about some college football coming up on this next segment. My Turf, Season 1, Episode 13, Rebranding and Retooling. And we're back here on My Turf. Segment two, uh, we unpacked a lot in segment one. Point emphasis on the show, focal point will be college and pro football. We will still talk about all things sports, those big sports stories um, around the world. I addressed some controversial issues. Hope you liked it. If you didn't, remember just to still listen. You can email me at myturfpodcast at gmail for gmail.com for any constructive criticisms. All right, let's talk some uh, college football. That's why we're all here, right, for segment number two. We got some way too early top 25 rankings, and we're also going to cover uh, some of their spring football games as well. So starting off is number one, Alabama. 
hey, they looked good in the spring defensively, that is, in the number two offense. Number one offense led by Bryce Young, the returning Heisman Trophy winner, not so much. They've got a problem still up front, I understand. Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, Jamil Burrows, and Will Anderson gave that offensive line fits on third down. But guys, this offensive line has got to hold up better. They didn't even really give those guys a challenge. They've got to figure it out. They've got some help coming on the way. The top offensive tackle in the transfer portal, Tyler Steen, is coming over from Vanderbilt. He started 11 games last year. He could play maybe a left tackle or right tackle to really help this offense out. Um, they also have breaking news right now today. Tyler Harrell, the wide receiver out of Louisville who entered the transfer portal. He's a deep ball threat, great athlete, really, really blazing speed. He can also return kicks. Um, yeah, he's going to Alabama. Big time, big time pickup for Alabama. So that's going to really help them out offensively because wide receiver uh, wise, it seems like some guys still have some, still need some time to develop and get healthy. All right, let's talk about the number two team in the nation, Ohio State, returning C.J. Stroud at quarterback. They lose Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave at wide receiver. Uh, No problem. Jackson Smith and Jigba, last year he caught 95 passes for 1,606 yards with nine touchdowns. Yeah, it's going to make things a little easier for that offense. Uh, They look good. They got some really good defensive players coming back, seven total actually on defense. So look out, man. I really expect the Ohio State Buckeyes and Alabama to face off in the national championship and the college football playoff. These two teams are the two best teams on paper. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. But, again, that's just a pre, preseason um, hype pick. All right, number three is the, the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Hey, man, this offense, they look good with uh, returning quarterback Stetson Bennett. They've got some new key pieces on offense to go over. Uh, hopefully, they'll get Eric Gilbert back, the LSU transfer at wide receiver slash tight end. He's kind of a hybrid guy. Um, when it, He can play either position. Uh, but if they get him back to mix with Brock's, Brock Bowers at tight end along with Darnell Washington, this team is going to really go again defensively. Remember, they have to replace – six or five big-time starters. I'll say six, though, because Lewis Sign is a huge player. So, look, Georgia, they could possibly repeat, but they're going to need a lot of uh, boost on defense for all the players that they lost and reload there. Utah Utes coming in at number four, Kyle Whittingham. He's built a winning program. He returns a lot of starters on offense and defense, six on both sides. Um, he'll, he'll look to replace the quarterback of his defense linebacker Devin Lloyd but it's always a really good physical team and I look forward uh, to seeing what the Utes can do this year they finished strong last year all right Texas A&M coming in at five this is a team I don't really see um I'm just not feeling them at number five consistently we have not seen the Aggies under Jimbo Fisher win from start to finish they always have a lot of hiccups it seems like last year they finished eight and four they did get the win over Alabama I get that that's huge but I don't know, man. I still haven't seen this this program really transcend um, into that top five uh, area. They do have a new key addition. A quarterback will be LSU transfer of Max Johnson. Of course, he's the son of Brad Johnson, who was the Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So maybe Texas A&M, Texas A&M with these two big recruiting classes will do really well. They do add Walter Nolan, and uh, we'll see what they can do defensively because they've got to replace seven starters. All right, number six is going to be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, new head coach, Marcus Freeman. He was a defensive coordinator last year. Before that, he spent three seasons, I believe, under Luke Fickle there in Cincinnati. So he's a great defensive mind. Look out for him. 
Uh, he's recruiting really, really strong. He's got a quarterback battle brewing with Tyler Buckner and Drew Pines. Look out for one of those two guys to replace quarterback Jack Cohen. Number seven, NC State. Are they taking over the ACC? They got eight returning starters on offense, nine on defense. Look out. They have an outstanding quarterback in Devin Leary. When I say outstanding, man, this guy, he can light it up. He can really sling that ball and spin it. He's really good, man. Watch out for Mr. Devin Leary. All right, number eight, Michigan State Spartans, led by head coach Mel Tucker. Last year, 11-2 in the Big Ten, so uh, nine returning starters on defense, five on offense. That includes the departure of Kenneth Walker III at running back. But they've got a new guy coming in, so watch out. Uh, they've got a couple transfers. Berger from uh, Wisconsin will be coming over, so watch out. They've got a good team um, coming back, good core. Mel Tucker seems to have things going on in the right direction. Number nine, the Michigan Wolverines led by head coach Jim Harbaugh. We all know they lost in the uh, semifinals of the college football playoff to Georgia. They lose a lot on defense. They lose seven starters. That includes potential first-round pick and overall pick and defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, outside linebacker David Ajabu. But they do have both of their quarterbacks coming back, and that should be a good battle, Kate McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. We kind of see maybe McCarthy get the nod a little bit in the uh, semifinal game against Georgia. He's kind of led them pretty strong there for a touchdown at the end. So he, And he's more of a dual-threat guy for what that offense wants to run. Number 10, you got Oklahoma State led by Mike Gundy. Look, they're always in that top 15 conversation, high-flying offense. And really, they turned the corner last year um, defensively, man. They look really good. Uh, you got number 11, Clemson. Last year, they kind of took a step back over their dominance in the ACC and went 10-3. and three. They got a quarterback battle brewing, in my opinion. I know they've got the incumbent starter in DJ. DJ, you ain't even going to try to pronounce his last name because I always butcher it. But let me say this. DJ shed some weight this offseason, 25 pounds. That was never the problem about his physical tools and gifts. It's always been about how he processes the play and also his accuracy. That's always been his, that's always been his problem. Cade Klubnick comes in. He's a true freshman. He's got some hype. Not that Trevor Lawrence type where you were like, man, this guy could be a transcendent cornerback, but he's a five-star quarterback coming out of Texas. Watch out for him. He looked pretty good at times. You could see sometimes he was still a rookie in the game, was pretty fast for him. But I would say Klubnick, man, he's going to give DJ a huge challenge this offseason for that starting spot. Uh, they got to replace some uh, key pieces on defense, including – Defensive coordinator Brett Venables, he becomes the head coach at Oklahoma, so they'll have to retool there, but they got a lot of talent coming back on offense. Ten starters on offense. All right, number 12, USC. They're 4-8 and eight last year, and somehow they're getting the nod at number 12 because they got head coach Lincoln Riley coming over from Oklahoma and his quarterback Caleb Williams. I don't know if that's really deserving of that ranking, but it is what it is, man. They lose a lot of talent when you talk about wide receiver Drake London, who's a potential top 10 pick, and linebacker Jake Jackson. Uh, who's, of course, a uh, top 50 pick, possibly. He's really good. Um, you got to talk about the Houston Cougars coming in number 13. Daniel Holgerson is, um, is you know, the, I'm not sure. Um, they're moving to the Big 12 in 2023. I don't know if I'm going to give them the, I would, I would give them the 13th ranking, but uh, Daniel Holgerson, man, he's a great coach. So that's definitely one of the most innovative offensive minds that runs that spread air raid, but uh yeah, I don't think they did, they're deserving of 13. You got Oklahoma at 14. New head coach and Brent Venables coming over. He used to coach the defense under Bob Stoops for a long time with the Clemson. Built a powerful defense there. If he can keep the offense sturdy, that returns four starters, 
Uh, they're going to have to find a quarterback, of course. Um, they're going to get some help, but uh, they don't have Spencer Rattler either. He's gone to South Carolina. But defensively, he returns five starters. They had a pretty good recruiting class. We're going to see. I like Brent Venables, but being a head coach, it's a different kind of animal. It seems uh, some of these guys don't transition as well from coordinator to head coach. 15, we have the Pittsburgh Panthers. You know, last year, this was a team that was kind of a surprise with quarterback Kenny Pickett. He's gone, though, but they add quarterback Keaton, Keaton Slovis. How about that? He's, uh, if that name sounds familiar, um, he's coming over from USC, two-year starter there. Kind of had to go through some injuries, but, man, he can really sling it. Look out for him to lead a, a potent offense there. They have an outstanding uh Outstanding core group of wide receivers, too. So watch out, man. I really like this team. Um, Pat Narduzzi has done a tremendous job for the, for the Pittsburgh Panthers. They returned eight starters on offense and seven on defense. So just just watch out for them, man. They're, they could be a team that I think should go above 15. All right, Oregon Ducks coming in at 16. Remember, they lose head coach Mario Cristobal to the Miami Hurricanes. He goes back to his alma mater. Well, they hire Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator from Georgia, away. Again, it's not so much that I think Dan Lanning is going to run a good defense, but he also but he loses the best defensive player they've had in a long time, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau, a defensive end. He's a potential top five pick. Um, I don't know if 16, I'd give him 16. They have some talent back, but they lose quarterback and Anthony Brown. I understand they, tr- they have a transfer and a three-year starter in Bo Nix coming over from Auburn, but uh, we don't know really what the offensive scheme is going to be. It's, it's going to be new schemes on both sides both sides of the ball, so we'll see what happens. It appears, though, you know, Nix is getting – he is – for, for you Auburn fans, I will treat you fairly. He is getting the reps with the number one offense, but he will battle Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield for the starting uh, job. All right, number 17, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. That's about right. They were really good last year, 11-3. and three, Returned eight starters on offense. That includes quarterback Sam Hartman and six on defense. Baylor Bears coming in at 18, definitely right there. Uh, returning seven on offense, six on defense. Dave Rand did a tremendous job in his second year there as head coach. 12-2, and two, man. Look out for the Baylor Bears. They look good. All right, we got number 19, the BYU Cougars. Looking good. Last year they were 10-3. and three. They're a strong team. They play a br- really kind of a brutal non-conference schedule at times because they're independent like Notre Dame. They're a good team. Got to talk about number 20, Arkansas. I feel like this is a really, really good shot this year for Arkansas. Yeah, they lost Traylon Burks and Tyson Morse at wide receiver, but key thing is they got some pieces back on offense, six that six there, and, and, and Sam Pittman has done an outstanding job recruiting. So he's got a real opportunity to kind of take this program a little further. I think they should, they'll be in the top 15 range uh, by the end of the season. Number 21, this one was kind of a shocker to me. I could see him maybe being at 25, but Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss Rebels, they lose quarterback Matt Corral. Uh, they have five returning starters on offense, six on defense. Um, look, this is a good team. They'll bring in quarterback Jackson Dart. He's a, he's a transfer from USC as well. They also got Zach Evans. He's one of the top running backs in the nation about three years ago coming out. He's an outstanding running back. Man, he can really get it. They also got J.J. Peggs coming over from from Auburn. He actually played tight end and uh, H-back at one time. Now he's going to play D-line. Lane Kiffin, I mean, they were 10-3 and three last year. Got to replace a quarterback. Well, let's see what they do. They also got to replace running back Jerry Neely. That's no easy task at all either. All right, number 22, Mark Stoops leading his Kentucky Wildcats. That's a, hmm, 
I mean, they return a lot of players, actually. Seven on offense, seven on defense. That's probably about right for Kentucky. New new offensive line coach and Zach Yenser coming over from uh, this San Francisco 49ers. He's a personal friend, actually. And, uh, yeah, I, I know he can coach. Uh, I know he can coach the big uglies up front, for sure. All right, 23, Cincinnati Bearcats. Kind of a shocker here. I know they lost a lot on defense. That's nine starters, including quarterbacks, uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, and Desmond Ritter at quarterback. But, they, I don't know, man. I'm just not going to – I just don't think 23 is that fair. They were 13-1 last year. Been pretty good. I would probably put them in that 17-18 range, but I understand they lost a lot on defense. But remember – the architect of that defense is the head coach, Luke Fickle, who's been a staple there for the last five years. All right, number 24, the Tennessee Volunteers. 7-6 and six last year. They finished kind of strong under head coach Josh Heupel. He's done a great job recruiting. I think that's what he's kind of getting more of this buzz and this hype just because he's done a great job recruiting and he's talking them up. But at the end of the day, man, you got to put it out there on the field. I feel this is too generous to Tennessee only because I just I haven't seen Tennessee uh, – been consistent over the last couple years but hey maybe they do something they did add a a former five-star wide receiver in southern california transfer brew mccoy into the mix so they'll have some offensive firepower the iowa hawkeyes round up the top 25 at uh number 25 going 10 and 4 last year seven uh returning starters on offense and defense i kind of thought they would be higher up there maybe around that 17 18 range but it is what it is kurt ferens has done an excellent job um, he's got his son, Brian Ferentz, uh, now taking over as the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. So look out, man. They've got a they've got a ton of talent coming back, especially with quarterback Spencer uh, Petras. So uh, I look forward to seeing what this season will unfold like. I know we're, we're, we're all ready for it. Spring scrimmages have been awesome. It's like football is back. It's just a tease, though. we got to go through the summer workouts and get into the fall. So we're still, uh, look, guys, man, we're still like five months away. But we're getting closer. And uh, college football season will be here right before we know it. Remember, always keep out, keep a lookout for um, the transfer portal because some players go in and they go out and you get surprised and shocked and stuff. So we'll try to give you uh, as many updates as on that as we possibly can. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Facebook or uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram, and I'll try to update it as much as possible. We'll be back in here in a second. We're going to go over pro football next here on my turf. And we're back here on My Turf, Season 1, Episode 13, Rebranding and Retooling, title track for sure. Oh, man, so far a great show. Uh, I've enjoyed being back. Let's talk about some NFL football. We got the draft coming up this Thursday, 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That's round one. Rounds two and three are going to be um, Saturday at 6 p.m. again on ESPN. And rounds four through th- seven uh, to conclude the draft. Starting at 11 a.m., it's being done in Vegas. You know Raider Nation is going to be lit. The big storylines, of course, are the Carolina Panthers going to take a quarterback or are are they going to trade for Baker Mayfield uh, before it? Um, You've also got this Debo Samuel drama going on with the 49ers. Are they going to move on from him or are they going to pay him the money? Um, Of course, he's kind of being a little bit bit difficult. He says he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback. He also... Uh, apparently wants less of a workload when running the football. I think it's stinging him up too much. These are all reports and rumors. You really don't know the complete truth. Um, but the Dwayne Haskins tragedy, uh, rest in peace to him, and you know thoughts and prayers to his family. Are the Steelers going to pick up another quarterback? Because they had a three-quarterback battle going on with 
Mason Rudolph. They brought in Mitch Trubisky and Haskins. Um, are they going to look to maybe Kenny Pickett or, or Malik Willis at the 20th pick? So you've got some talking points to kind of go over with this draft, um, certain situations. I mean, right now we don't know what's going to happen with the, the Kyler Murray drama and the Arizona Cardinals. Are they going to pay him a lot of money uh, to come back? Or are they going to – maybe there's somebody out there we're not seeing. But uh, maybe for them to pick up. Because you can never predict the draft. Let me say that. You can never predict, predict the draft. The Jaguars have the number one pick overall. They have a new head coach in Doug Peterson. Everybody thinks they're going to draft Aiden Hutchinson, the star defensive end out of Michigan. He's a good player, man. I just don't think he's worth the number one overall pick. And I got a question from my man, Ridge, out of Deepsville, Alabama, asking, is Aiden Hutchinson worth the number one overall pick? I would say no, Ridge. You have an investment in Trevor Lawrence. He was running for his life last year. You now have a new head coach in Doug Peterson. He ran. He runs it well. He runs an RPO style offense, and he likes a two running back committee. He's got a good one in James Robinson. They drafted two years ago. Travis Etienne. He was out all year, but there's an emphasis on running the game, running the ball, and taking a lot of deep shots. You bring in Christian Kirk at wide receiver. You've got to keep Trevor Lawrence upright. I would take Evan Neal, offensive lineman out of Alabama. I say offensive lineman. He can play tackle or guard. That's why I'm saying that. Or Ikem Equinu, the offensive tackle out of NC State. He's a beast. They both are maulers, and they toy with pass rushers. They got great technique, too. These guys are definite, definite pro-ready impact players. I just feel like with Aiden Hutchinson, I didn't think he was as impactful as he could be in certain, certain big games. Um, I saw him get mauled by Georgia. Was not impressed by him whatsoever. I, I I would just say that I think he's more of a I, – I, there's other better <laughs> – there might be three three better pass rushers in this game. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that offends any Michigan fans. That's just my take on it. You're allowed to disagree. That's what this show is about. That's why I have an email that you can you can email and talk to me about it at myturfpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Again, myturfpodcast at gmail.com. Get that, uh, get that plug in there, right? Um, we got to see what the Lions are going to do. Are they going to get a quarterback? They need some defensive help, but their offense looked pretty good. With Amon St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson catching balls from golf, they got a great running back, in my opinion, in DeAndre Swift. He's, he's set up for a big third year. They may need some offensive line help as well, but I think they go Travon Walker from Georgia if Hutchinson's not there. Uh, the Texans, they need defensive line help, man. Kayvon Thibodeau, he can get some sacks for first-year head coach uh, Lovey Smith. He puts an emphasis on defense. The Jets, you know, they've got a pick at 4-10. and 10. They need wide receiver help. Maybe they take Drake London, the star wide receiver out of USC. Maybe they get the cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He's locked down. Uh, the Giants have the fifth and the seventh picks. Look, they need offensive line help and defensive line help. So look for them to snag one of those. The Panthers, they're at the six hole. If they don't get Baker, do they still ride with Sam Darnold or do they look at Malik Willis, maybe the quarterback out of Liberty? Um, some Auburn fans will probably recognize that name. He, he transferred out after Stidham. He thought he was going to be the heir pair. He was not. and went to Bo Nix, so he left. I like Malik Willis, man. He's really, really sharp. We just don't know what the ceiling is for him. He's very talented now, just like Kenny Pickett, but I don't know how, how high their ceiling is. They didn't run these uh, very complex offenses. The Giants, like we talked about, they need some help. They need Jermaine Johnson. They need Kayvon Thibodeau, out, or they could use uh, Aiden Hutchinson as well. The Falcons. They bring in Marcus Mariota after losing Matt Ryan to the Colts, but they also need wide receiver help. Wide receiver help. Do they take Garrett Wilson, or do they look at quarterback potentially? 
do they look defensively? We don't know. The Seahawks, they have a couple picks also in this draft. What in the heck are they going to do uh, with Drew Locke? Do they bring in competition, or do they, try, do they try to build around him with the offensive line? They need some help up there for sure. Evan Neal could be huge for them. Uh, the Jets, we talked about that. The, the Commanders, they have big needs in the secondary now losing uh, Landon Collins. The Minnesota Vikings, what are they going to do? You've got a good front. You, you need help off on the offensive line, but also in the secondary. Texans have multiple picks now thanks to the Browns giving up a King's Ransom, King's Ransom for Deshaun Watson. So many scenarios that can play out. Remember, the Eagles have multiple first-round picks. The Saints have multiple first-round picks. Uh, the Packers have multiple first-round picks. So do the Chiefs as well. How are these teams going to build their roster? Where are they going to go? Remember, I said, predicting the, the, the draft never goes how it seems. Mel Kuyper is going to put out that top 10 best available, and it's not going to go, it's not going to play out like you think it is. I honestly thought the Packers were going to draft a wide receiver or a linebacker a couple years ago. And of course, we drafted Jordan Love, who's sitting on our bench. Are we going to move on from him? Um, not sure. Could we use him as a, as a, you know draft capital and possibly trade him to get a lower pick to get a better wide receiver? I'm hoping for Chris Olave. If you haven't seen the wide receiver list, it's probably the best class in this draft as far as the position position grouping. You have the you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave out of Ohio State. You've kind of got a uh, an unsung guy that's not getting a lot of attention in um, Christian Watson. Wide receiver out of North Dakota State. He's six foot five, 208 pounds, runs a 4'3. He's actually got pretty good body control. He just doesn't have a very expanded route tree. You got to think about Jamison Williams coming off the torn ACL in the national championship game against Georgia, the star wide receiver out of Alabama. He's definitely the best deep threat in this uh in this class. Got to take a look at Trey, Traylon Burks, a star wide receiver out of Arkansas. He can run routes, he's great after the catch, and he's physical, very, very physical. But he had some injury. Uh, concerns this past year. Well, where will he slip to? You also have some good second-round wide receivers that you could possibly look at. Alex Pierce, the uh, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. He's a big, big, fast wide receiver. Um, didn't run a whole lot of different routes, though. He's kind of limited there. But, man, he's got some st- – he's, he's a good player, dude. He's fun to watch, man. He plays with the edge, too. There's so many different scenarios that can play out. Our edge rushers usually go – edge rushers and offensive linemen go quick in these drafts. And, and quarterbacks, mind you. That's usually what you can always count on is quarterbacks are going to be taken, offensive linemen, and defensive linemen. They always go off. Middle linebackers kind of fall fall back unless it's one of those generational types. Kobe Dean, I feel like from Georgia, should go pretty should go pretty quickly, but he'll probably fall to the second round for some reason. For some reason, they'll think his, his, his arm length or his hand size is, is uh, too much to overcome as far as taking it in the first, uh, in the first round. But that's always how it plays out. I love the uh, I love the draft though. I get all jacked up. I text my brother usually or call him in the middle of it, and it usually ends up being bad conversation. So we're not doing that this year. But I still love it, man. I still love to get wild by the experience. Um, I'm excited to see some some of the players' react reactions. Uh, some players get, take it personal, have a chip on their shoulder. Some get emotional and start crying. Um, there's just always uh, some 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 great theater going on. Uh, for the NFL draft. So one thing you can always count on as well, Roger Goodell, he will get booed, and he's he's certainly deserving of it. Um, the ginger hammer, as I like to call him. Um, yeah, he's uh, he gets paid $50 million a year, and uh, 
never seems to do his job as quite as good as he possibly could. But that's the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to it. Remember, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time, ESPN. That's round one. Round two and three. Not gonna, I'm gonna beat this through. You gotta remember this. Rounds two and three, Friday, 6 p.m. And then the conclusion, four through seven on Saturday. There we go. Again on ESPN starting at 11 a.m. That's your NFL draft. Okay, let's take a pause for the cause. Let's wrap it up here on season uh, one, episode 13 here on my turf. We'll be back here in a second. Welcome back into my turf. Let's uh, let's close it out strong, as I always like to say. Uh, it's pretty cliche, right? I got to think of a better closing line, right? Oh, man, it just feels so good be back on the air with you guys and uh man thank you so much for tuning in thank you for all your emails uh thank you for being patient with me i hope you love the new format please give me some good feedback at myturfpodcast at gmail.com of course and uh let's go ahead and close it out we're talking about some big stories going on right now got the nba playoffs in full swing i think uh it's going to be really tough to pick somebody with the with the phoenix suns losing devin booker to his hamstring injury they got to get past the New Orleans Pelicans, who are giving them everything they want. I love the uh, the Chicago Bulls team. Uh, Rosen looks good. Zach Levine looks good. They're going to be tough. It looks like Milwaukee's going to have a tough time to repeat. Um, a team that I really, really like, though, is the Philadelphia 76ers, man. Doc Rivers has Joel Embiid looking good, man. James Harden, they look, they look spot on, man. But let me put it like this. Uh, Embiid, he's got some thumb pain right now. He's expecting to play, but he just always got to worry about him getting injured. He's not the most durable player. Uh, I left it like the Heat, what they're doing right now with Jimmy Butler. He seems to be leading them pretty well. I thought the I thought the Hawks would give them a better a better series, and they may. You, know, you never know. Don't count out Trey Young, man. He's an exciting young player. I'd love to watch him play, but I still would think that it would be the 76ers uh, in the in the Suns uh, facing off. But you can never. It's so tough with basketball injuries and, and the you know four styles styles make matchups. And uh, speaking of styles, we talk about talk about styles make fights sometimes you got a great boxing match going on saturday man dylan white taking on tyson fury doesn't get any better than that tyson fury man dude he he's the man he's the man i think he's one of the greatest of all time to actually do it you know he beat klitschko he beat vladimir klitschko won the title and then he beat deontay wilder in three fights i love watching him go man um he's he's big and you would think he's kind of slow, but no, man, he's skilled, he's quick, and he brings some pop with uh, his new, new, new his new trainer, Sugar Hill, man. They've really started to find a home for that right hand, man. He is popping people with it. Love watching him fight, man. He's got a he's got a lot of swagger, got some charm to him after a fight. He'll he'll break down uh, break down the fight and also sing you uh, sing you some Aerosmith. So he's got a lovely voice, actually, by the way. So Dylan White's gonna bring it. Both of these guys, though. <laughs> Their physiques just trip me out, man. They both can do some seven-minute abs. Uh, they both look like two half-sucked milk duds out there. But yeah, it's not saying they're not—they don't have muscles, okay? It's just that in the solar plex region, they—they're rocking some dad bods like me, man. So I, I enjoy watching a good fight, though. Check it out, 2 p.m. It's going to be a paper on pay-per-view. You can get it on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, by the way. Um, yeah, boxing still got to love it. Um, some other things to pay attention to. Speaking of basketball, I didn't want to skip ahead, but uh, Ben Simmons, um, he could play in game four for the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, which could be huge for them, which would be huge. Um, 
We still got some uh, Major League Baseball going on, so remember to tune in, watch your favorite teams. Uh, ESPN's got some great coverage of that. Uh, college baseball, of course, is in full swing. Uh, if you haven't watched the Tennessee Volunteers, man, check them out on the SEC Network or SEC Network Plus. This guy, Ben Choice, they have as a reliever. Those 104 miles per hour, man. He's it, It's sick, too. He's got some really great uh, wrist action at the end to really kind of make it cut for on right-handed batters. So check them out. Uh, man, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm always going to drive that home. So where you can, what format you can listen to us on. And of course, if you want to talk to me, email me, of course, at myturfpodcast at gmail.com or look look out for me on Twitter. At, my Twitter handle is RyanFN18. So check me out. Uh, if Elon Musk takes over, I'll uh, probably get to say a lot more of what's, uh, what's behind the curtain or what's in my head. But thank you so much for tuning in. That's a wrap. Uh, Episode 13, My Turf, Rebranding and Retooling. Have a great weekend, everybody.